All financial advice provided on this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. The financial ideas and strategies discussed are only provided as a starting point for a conversation about money matters. With regard to your particular investments and financial strategies, consult your financial planner, CPA, or investment professional. All your financial decisions are yours and yours alone to make and subsequently are solely your responsibility. The information that is supplied through the context of the radio program and any repurposing of its content by the host or network is a combination and collection of solid financial investment understanding, opinion, and comments. This network, show, and its host are not liable for financial strategies, outcomes that you employ in any manner that result in any kind of loss. Shares of corporate sponsors may be the subject of buy or sell recommendations in Jay Taylor's newsletter in accordance with Jay's objective opinion. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. This hour will help investors fix issues and achieve personal gain. Now, here's your host, Jay Taylor. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I am your host, Jay Taylor. Because of my need to travel to Portugal this week, today's show was pre-recorded with both of my guests being recorded on September 10th. Those guests, who you will hear from shortly, are Nolan Watson, the CEO of Sandstorm Gold, and Thomas Coglin, the CEO of Allocated Bullion Exchange. Before I talk more about today's show, let me remind you that I am the editor of J. Taylor's Gold Energy and Tech Stocks, and you can subscribe to my newsletter by going to miningstocks.com, miningstocks.com. I would also like to encourage you to consider subscribing to Chen Lin's letter, What is Chen Buying, What is Chen Selling? You can do so by going to chenpicks.com, chenpicks.com, said an enviable track record, especially in the biotech sector, where he has some very exciting things developing right now. I want to thank each of you for listening to the show, making it one of the more popular shows of the Voice America Business Channel, and I also want to invite you to keep your questions, comments, criticisms, and praises coming along to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com, questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. I also want to thank our sponsors for making this show economically viable. This week's sponsors are RN Resources, Genesis Metals Corp., Great Bear Resources, Klondike Gold Corp., Novo Resources, and Sandstorm Gold Limited. Regarding our sponsors today, Nolan Watson, the CEO of Sandstorm Gold, uh, a streaming and royalty gold mining company, will be with me to talk about the explosive growth ahead for investors. Last week, we heard from Ivan Bebek of RN Resources, and he told us there will be a lot of assays coming from that company's Committee Bay project in Nunavut, as well as from the company's high-grade homestake project in British Columbia. Most of all, I'm excited about Aron's prospects on its Sombrero project in Peru that seems to have excellent prospects for a major gold-copper porphyry discovery. Well, Great Bear Resources may turn out to be my biggest winner this year among sponsors and among recommendations in my newsletter. I will be meeting with management in Vancouver next weekend. That company appears to have discovered a very high-grade gold deposit in the Red Lake District of Ontario, and it was so promising, in fact, that it brought Robert McEwen into the company as a major shareholder. For those of you who may not be aware, it was the company making Red Lake Gold Discovery made by Robert McEwen's Gold Corp that launched Gold Corp into the major company it is today. Could a similar discovery be in process for Great Bear? Well, time will tell, but it's certainly a very exciting story for now. Last year's big winner on this show was Novo Resources. It's been kind of quiet for Novo over the past several months, 
But by the time these remarks are aired, or sometime later in the week, I expect that we will hear of some bulk sample assays from the company's Comet Well or Purdy's Reward Project in Australia. With some very good assays coming from those projects, this stock could well be off to the races very quickly. Peter Tallman of Klondike Gold was on this show a few weeks back, and he talked about that company's massive Klondike project, where some very substantial progress and sizable bulk tonnage open pit grade assays have been reported. Uh, These are assays sufficient to start to provide a picture of a major gold discovery in the making, potentially in that Klondike site for for Klondike Gold. Last but not least, a new understanding of the geology of Genesis Metals Project in Quebec is providing considerable room for optimism. Management is spending valuable time working on this geological model to establish new drill targets, which I expect uh, will be drilled uh, sometime in the new year. The best way to own gold, the best way to own gold stocks. Well, those, that's the title of my show this week. Nolan Watson and Thomas Coughlin visit for the first time. Owning gold as a safe haven against risks of political or monetary mayhem is well documented. But Thomas Coughlin of the Allocated Bullion Exchange will explain why combining cryptocurrency backed by gold has advantages over holding gold in your personal safe and how, in fact, by owning gold in the Kinesis system, you can earn a healthy yield on your gold holdings. Thomas's partner in this enterprise is whistleblower Andrew McGuire, who was a guest on this show recently. Nolan Watson is the CEO of Sandstorm Gold. He'll be with me in just a few minutes after our first commercial break. For reasons Nolan will explain, streaming and royalty companies profit handsomely from metal production that face far less risk than standard mining companies. As such, they tend to be priced by the market at higher multiples than the norm in the mining sector. But as you will learn, Sandstorm is priced much lower than other better-known royalty companies, despite the fact that it is poised for very dramatic growth in the years to come. Both Nolan Watson and Thomas Coughlin will provide an education that is most important during a time when global economies are becoming ever more burdened with debt and when the potential for another major catastrophe as bad or worse as that of 2008 is becoming ever more likely. So I hope you'll stick around to hear both of my guests today. We do have to go to break, but don't go away because I'll be right back with Nolan Watson. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. A gold rush has begun. Recently, three of the largest gold mining companies announced strategic acquisitions in the Yukon territories. Ahead of them was a group who had already consolidated the key claims covering the historic Klondike Gold Rush into one company, aptly named Klondike Gold Corps. Led by a team of accomplished geoscientists, the company is steadily advancing exploration to reveal the rich source of all that gold. The hunt for the next major discovery is well underway, and Klondike Gold's shareholders are strategically positioned. Stay ahead of the majors and follow KlondikeGoldCorp.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. 
Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I am your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm really glad to have with me Nolan Watson. He is uh, uh, involved with the founding of Sandstorm Gold back in 2008, actually went public in 2009. Uh, Nolan has been the president, CEO, and a director of the company, has led the company's transformation from a small startup back in the day uh, when I first met up with him. Uh, into a diversified royalty company with a billion-dollar market capitalization. Uh, Certainly, um, prior to Sandstorm, Nolan was the CFO of Silver Wheaton Corp., which, of course, is very well known to most hard money investors and uh, mind share investors. Uh, Now it's Wheaton Precious Metals Corp. Uh, There he gained uh, the experience he needed to make Sandstorm a reality uh, and a success, and certainly it is on its way, I believe, to becoming quite a success story, which is why I'm really pleased to have Nolan with me. Thanks for joining me, Nolan. Well, thanks for having me. You know, it's uh, it's really a pleasure to see your company grow as it has. I think I have the feeling that right now, uh, it's been a long time since I've been following your company, but I have a feeling that right now uh, should be a sweet spot for your company because it looks like there should be some very dramatic growth ahead, and I want to ask you about that. Uh, I should tell our listeners that your trade in Canada under the symbol SSL can buy it in New York, uh, as I have under the symbol SAND. 185 million shares. I see a 52-week high-low in Canadian currency between 695 and 462. And uh, the company announced earnings of 700,000 in U.S. money during Q2. Uh, Nolan, uh, before we get started discussing the very impressive portfolio, and I think what I, looks like could be exponential growth right ahead in the next several years, um, perhaps you could just take a minute to tell our listeners, those that may not be familiar with streaming and royalty companies, why it's advantageous and, and, and less risky in many ways, and why those kinds of companies generally sell at higher multiples than regular straight mining companies sell at. Yeah, I think for investors who have invested in exploration development and or operating mining companies, um, they have seen the pitfalls of doing so. Uh, Sometimes it can be rewarding, but there are a lot of risks inherent in it, and operating costs typically are higher than you expect, and production is sometimes a bit lower, and, and capital costs can sometimes overrun, and and there, you know, there can be floods, fires. There can be uh, temporary blockages of the project, and during all of those periods of time, the mines go from what would otherwise be money-making enterprises to significant money-losing enterprises. 
and and can catch investors off guard. Whereas a streaming and royalty company with a diversified portfolio, such as Sandstorm, we have 189 royalties around the world right now that we're always collecting money, we're always getting money in, cash flow is always positive, and the portfolio numbers go up and down on any individual royalty, but we're just continually collecting checks all the time. And and so Sandstorm is, we're actually, I think, in our eighth, coming up on ninth year of record production every single year for nine years. And so we're able to do that just by continuing to grow a diversified portfolio of royalties. Yeah, and you don't have to put more money back into the projects as regular mining companies do. You mentioned if you have these disadvantageous events, a lot of times the companies have to ante up for more money, but you don't have to do that. You've already uh, you've already ta- taken your position in the company by providing money that help these companies a lot of times get into production. So you mentioned you have... Um, 189 uh, streaming royalty assets, is that right? That's correct, yeah. And how many of those are now providing cash flow to you? Yeah, so we have uh, 20 of them already producing. We have a significant number of them under development right now, which is the reason that if Sandstorm makes no further acquisitions in the next several years, that we anticipate production growing 130% based solely on things that we have already acquired. And then we've got over 100 exploration royalties at various stages of exploration, and and we're pretty excited about that part of the portfolio, too. This looks like the sweet spot for you because, uh, you know, I can remember the early days when I invested in Sandstorm. There wasn't an awful lot going on. I mean, there was a lot going on, but there wasn't. You were really building up your portfolio. And now you mention all these different projects. Not all of them are going to be successful, but a lot of them will be. Uh, and it's, um, it's, it's it, I guess the, the downside for me is one who looks and follows companies like yours is that to get involved or try to understand each and every company, it's, it's a daunting task. But you have, you, you have quite a staff that helps you do that, uh, that uh, are experienced in this business and, and know how to analyze companies inside and out. And you... Do a lot of due diligence before you invest in companies. Can you tell our listeners uh, what are your hurdles for investing? What, how do you determine to put money into a, an involving uh, gold or silver project? Yes, yeah, so we have a fairly thorough process that we take assets through before we're willing to invest in them. We've got an investment committee that uh, has to approve things and, and obviously a board of directors as well. But um, the, the core of that decision-making process really is, and it's part of the heart of Sandstorm, is our technical team. So we have a world-class geologist and engineers fully paid on staff who work with us <clears throat> here full-time. And all day long, they're just out there doing due diligence on things that our corporate development team has brought in and said, hey, is this something that we should invest in? And so that team is obviously going through and looking at a number of things, including quality of management and quality of ore body. And actually, we will reconstruct entire resources internally inside Sandstorm rather than just trust the 43101 reports that other management teams put out. And that's actually one of the areas where we find a lot of discrepancies uh, we have our own metallurgical consultants that we use and send in. We've got our own underground mining engineers if it's an underground mine, and uh, and they'll go and and assess the uh, the mining methods, and we'll reconstruct what we think the actual cost of production will be, and then we'll we'll make a decision as to whether or not it's something that we invest in. But through that process, one of the the key things, which is one of the differentiating factors of Sandstorm, is we are totally and completely uninterested in investing in anything that doesn't have a massive expiration upside. So we see a lot of our we see a lot of our competitors trying to get deals where 
they think it's reasonable value given how much ore is there, even if no more ore is found, even when we don't think more ore will be found. And Sandstorm doesn't bid on those situations. We don't try to acquire those things. We're only looking for assets where we think the mine life can increase dramatically, so double, triple, quadruple, so on and so forth. All right, Nolan, when I go to your website, uh, you provide what you expect uh, to uh, the number of ounces or, or gold equivalent ounces to be produced over the coming years. I think if I heard you correctly earlier, you said you are providing that guidance based on what you know you have right now, not all of those exploration potential, that exploration potential you just talked about, which really could provide a lot of blue sky beyond what you're projecting. But even so, what you're projecting is pretty impressive. As I look at the numbers, uh, I think something like uh, 60,000 ounces this year is what you're projecting, 60,000 gold equivalent ounces. Something around 70,000, I believe, between uh, 2019 and 2021. But then 2022 to 2023, I would would term it explosive growth to something like 140,000 ounces. What is in the pipeline right now? Uh, that allows you to uh, to project those kind of, that kind of growth. Yeah, so that, that's an important distinction that you made there. These, if people go and download our investor presentation, I think you're referring to what would be slide four, which is our production guidance. And you're correct. We assume zero expiration upside on that slide. This is all just baked in based on projects that are. Um, at advanced stages that we know definitively are going forward. We have a number of other royalties on projects that might be going forward in in the very near future, and they are not included on this slide. So if they do go forward, then it will be increased production. But the main things that are showing that growth between now and 2022-2023 are a few things. One is a company called Equinox Gold. They are rebuilding a project called Orizona in Brazil. That's about 60% complete in construction. We did a deal also a few years ago with a company called Yamana on a large gold-silver mine that they have called Cerro Moro, and we have a large silver stream that comes off of that. That silver stream kicks in for us in 2019, so there's some growth in, in next year for us. And then one of our real significant uh, growth factors is a 30% net profits interest that we have on a mine called Hotamodan, and that's a, a large asset that we purchased last year, and it is, as far as I'm concerned, the coolest undeveloped gold mine in the world. It's an ore body that comes right to surface. It's for 40 meters wide, and it's 13 grams gold equivalent on average over the entire 40 meters, and it, it runs several hundred meters uh, deep into the earth, and, uh, and they're going to be able to produce a significant amount of gold from that at an all-in sustaining cost of about $400 an ounce, which is unbelievable. I mean, I, I'm, una- I'm unaware of any other <clears throat> mine out there in, in the hands of a royalty company where they're producing gold all-in sustaining for under 400 bucks an ounce. It's uh, yeah, it's it's hard to find anything. <laughs> I must say, as as I search for for good investing opportunities in the mining space, it's 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 unbelievable. It's hard to to beat that. Um, yeah, I think also I noticed that you know you, I think this makes sense. Uh, I, I read somewhere that you have more meters that will be drilled, exploration drilling, uh, on your you know the uh, in the projects you're invested in than than the than your peers or your other. Royalty companies, and I guess that's because, as you said a moment ago, you uh, really look at stories not just for what they know they have now, but with great exploration potential. So your geologists are out there looking at something, I suppose, projects that have considerable scale and upside, right? 
Well, exactly. Um, for every dollar investors invest in Sandstorm, they get uh, approximately double the meters drilled on our properties than any other streaming royalty company in the world. So the whole expiration thesis that I was talking about before, and us only investing in projects that have substantial expiration upside, that is proving out to be true just through the decisions that our partners are making about how many meters they want to drill on those properties. And so in 2017, for example, we had over half a million meters drilled on our properties. And in 2018, we're expecting a similar number, and which is one of the reasons why for the last two years straight, and we think there, this may be the third year straight, we've had more gold ounces found on our properties at $0 cost to Sandstorm than have been mined on our properties meaning that investors who invested in us <clears throat> got all of the cash flow during the year that we received. And at the end of the year, there were still more ounces on the books than there were at the beginning of the year. And that's in a declining gold price environment. And that's even after adjusting for gold price changes and resources. So it's a, it's a pretty impressive, it's a pretty impressive number. Nolan, you're uh, looking at some of the other, maybe better known streaming and royalty companies. Sandstorm seems to be selling, uh, selling at a lower multiple than some of, some of those other companies. Do you attribute that in part to the fact that uh, you're smaller and, and less well-known, or could there be some other factors involved? And, and how do you think that's going to resolve itself? Why, you know, how do you think the market's going to start to recognize the, the value that, that is implicit here and in the, in the growth that we see coming? Yeah, I think there are a couple of reasons. Obviously, we are smaller, and so we uh, can't be bought by some of the huge multi-billion dollar large generalist funds that need to invest you know, $100 million at a time. Um, so that would be one reason, but I really think the main reason is that if you actually do an analysis, a correlation between the trading multiple of a royalty company and the percentage of their portfolio that is currently in production in terms of NAV, like what percent of their NAV is producing today, and you run a regression, it, the R-squared is almost 0.8, which it's as close to a perfect correlation as you're going to get. And investors, especially institutional investors, unfortunately, are very short-term oriented, and they don't care what your production is going to be three years from now. They care what your production is going to be next quarter. And so out of all the major streaming royalty companies in the world, including Sandstorm, Sandstorm has the smallest percentage of our NAV currently in production. So whereas Franco Nevada would be 80%, we'd be around 37%. And so if we fast forward four years, we will have about 80% of our NAV in production. So sometimes I joke and I say the best thing the Sandstorm could do is sit here on our hands for four years, do absolutely nothing, and uh, watch our share price double or triple. Having said that, we will continue to grow, but uh, but we, we are cognizant of the fact that if we're patient, the trading multiple will come. You will continue to grow. Uh, you rather enjoy seeing markets like this in which, you know, cooler markets for the gold and silver mining companies because that provides more opportunities to pick up assets, right? And if that's uh, still your thinking, uh, how well funded are you to do so? Yeah, so we have a, we're right now one of the only streaming royalty companies in the world that's debt-free, <clears throat> but we do have a $150 million undrawn revolving line of credit, and our banks have, have told us that we can increase that size of line of credit if we want to based on our cash flow profile. And so that's available to be drawn on 24 hours notice and we can go out and, and make acquisitions with it and we do plan on doing that. And we also have obviously a significant amount of cash flow coming in on a weekly basis here and we can use that to continue to grow as well. One of the competing things for growth decisions is uh, share buybacks. So we, 
we believe our share price is so undervalued. We have been buying back our shares. It was only uh, mid last year when our share count was around 189 million shares, and we've we've been buying back shares, and we're down to I think 184 million shares at that today. So. There are very few mining companies in the world that I'm aware of that uh, are actively buying back material amounts of their own stock. Interesting, and you're doing it without borrowing money because so much of the sheer buybacks, is, I'm told at least, is happening from companies that borrow money, given the low interest rates, still low interest rates, and then go out and indebt their company, jack their share price up, and, and maybe some of those guys are just possibly exercising their options. Huh? I only... I suppose yeah, no, we, we, definitely, this, this, we definitely are doing it just from cash flow. Sinister side of me suggests that may be going on. I, I guess I'd, uh, in the last minute or two that we have left here, the hot mat, and it's just an amazing story, as you say. Um, Turkey, though, it seems to be some concerns about uh, about political risk at this point in time. What are your thoughts about that? Well, I guess the challenge that they're having right now is a significant devaluation of their currency, which uh, makes the cost of operating denominated in U.S. dollars much cheaper. So the the project is making the same progress it was anticipated uh, to make for dramatically less dollars. The capex will be lower because of that. So from a, an actual cost out the door, it's a pretty good thing. Uh, there are some people out there who are, you know, leery of the current regime. I'm I'm not particularly one of them from a at least from a business perspective. Uh, the uh, the min- new minister of finance, which the international community had a challenge with, because uh, it's Erdogan's uh, son-in-law, he actually his job before going into government was CEO of our partner company. <laughs> so our partner company is very well tied into the government, and and we don't really see the political risk uh, as it relates to Hadmod and the way it might apply to other companies or other things. Uh, I have to think that that may be one of the things that is holding your share price down a little bit, but uh, who knows for sure. Uh, but uh, it's really an exciting story. I must say I I think this is one that I want to highlight a little bit more in my newsletter for my subscribers as well because uh, of, of the virtues of the lower risk uh, at a time when the market hasn't yet really caught on to the kind of growth profile that seems to be uh, seems to be uh, in the future for you. And uh, is there anything else you'd like to add before we conclude our discussion today? No, I think that's I think that's the key. I'm just excited for the first time in Sandstorm's history to be in a place where we have both massive growth and significant cash flow and diversification, and be buying back our own shares and and be buying other royalties. So it's it's a fun time. It is a fun time. Thank you, Nolan, for for being with us. We're very thankful that you spent the time to explain this story to my listeners and uh, to my subscribers as well. Thank you very much. We'll look to do it again sometime, hopefully. Well, sounds good. Thanks, Jake. All right. Thank you. Well, folks, uh, we do have to go to break now. Don't go away, though. Thomas Coughlin, the uh, CEO of Allocated Bullion Exchange, will be here to talk to us about ways that you can invest in gold, uh, blockchain-attached gold. In fact, it sounds interesting. I don't really understand it very well. hope to learn more, so don't go away. We'll be right back with Thomas Coughlin. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Noble Resources Corp. trades on the OTCQX under the symbol NSRPF and on the TSX Venture Exchange under NVO. 
Its flagship assets are located in the Karatha region of Western Australia, where they are currently drilling and trenching their Purdy's reward project. In addition, Novo has partnered with Sumitomo Mining Corporation to advance its Beaton's Creek Gold project toward production. With over $70 million in cash and strong shareholder support from the likes of Kirkland Lake Gold, Novo is well on its way to establishing itself as one of the top junior explorers and developers in Australia. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times to Good Times. I am your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm really pleased to have with me for the first time Thomas Coughlin. Thomas is the Chief Executive Officer of Allocated Bullion Exchange, and he has worked in the investment funds management and bullion industries for approximately 15 years. His professional portfolio management career spans the foundation of the boutique investment company Track Financial to the establishment of a highly successful absolute return fund. And Thomas has uh, dedicated a significant part of his career working collaboratively to build the complex system of a cross-border international bullion market with an extensive global network of central bankers, brokers, fund managers, and advisors. His experience, extensive network, and broad uh, knowledge of capital markets have enabled him to deliver exceptional value and insights to all the stakeholders. Thank you for joining me today, Thomas. Thank you very much for having me on the show, Jack. Really, uh, very interesting and timely, of course, uh, I, I believe, uh, given the travails of the of the global monetary system. And I know there's a lot of innovations now uh, using modern technology uh, to try to provide more efficient means of, of transactions and a safer uh, means of, of storing wealth and, and a safer monetary system, because Lord knows, uh, the financial system has not been repaired since 2008-2009. So but you have something new, and what we want to learn today is what the Kinesis monetary system is all about. And I guess people can learn more about your product, uh, about your service at kinesis.money. Is that right, Thomas? That's correct, yes. That's our website. Plenty of information on there as well. A lot of information there, and we want to get into uh, uh, to that as much as possible within the next 20 minutes or so. Uh, first of all, is the Kinesis Monetary System, is that a product of Allocated Bullion Exchange? Is that out of that corporation? Basically, the team that developed ABX, so Allocated Bullion Exchange, 
Um, yeah, also developed Kinesis, and we we at Kinesis have inherited uh, all the technological development that has been done by ABX over the years since since it was founded in 2011. Um, all the expertise, I guess, and relationships and partnerships that were built in the precious metals industry um, at the institutional level, but also um, basically going downstream to the, the retail customer as well. And, um, yeah, so to answer your question, yes, it was born from the team. ABX doesn't own Kinesis, but the team developed it. Could you take just a few seconds to talk about Allocated Bullion Exchange? Um, just a little bit of a background. How long have they been in business and, and what is the company about? So, um, yeah, ABX is an um, institutional spot physical exchange for precious metals. Uh, it's a global market as well. So uh, we offer uh, basically trade um, and in connecting buyers and sellers um, all around the world in our seven different vaults, and we're rolling that out to be nine different vaults shortly. But, um, you know, it's, it's been built out to be, it's an institutional exchange, so it's full sort of like institutional grade, everything, the architecture, the infrastructure. It's all institutional grade, just like, I guess, the New York Stock Exchange, but, uh, but, but for precious metals. I see. Uh, but Kinesis is, is going to also be for very much involved for, for uh, the retail people, I guess. That's, that's correct, yeah. So, I mean, um, the other thing with ABX, it's a centralized market, so it, it stands in the middle of every trade, whereas what Kinesis is, it, um, it's, it's adopting the blockchain, which ultimately connects uh, you know, end party with the next end party through the blockchain network, which I'm happy to explain. I want you to do that, but it, it, in a summary explanation of the Kinesis Monetary website uh, sort of summarizes the system. You suggest that it is an evolutionary gold standard, uh, and then you talk about Kinesis as as being an asset-backed digital currency combining blockchain, as you said, technology with gold and silver. First of all, uh, you know, as a person who doesn't know very much about blockchain or, or cryptocurrencies and things like that, for the benefit of me as well as my listeners, can you explain what blockchain is? Certainly. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, ultimately, the way that I see <clears throat> the blockchain working and the benefits that it provides, it's a, I guess, electronic network whereby um, it breaks down so many different barriers to entry all around the world. Suddenly, um, someone on one part of the world, let's take New York, can immediately connect with, say, someone in Istanbul or someone in Sydney without knowing who they are without uh, needing to, to have that understanding or trust and connect with them uh, anonymously and understand that the, the trade will be settled um, or transaction settled, um, um, yeah, if they, if, they, if they engage in that transaction. So um, it, it's, it's really, it's, it's an amazing uh, technology whereby it just, it, it facilitates basically. It's called a trustless system. This this uh, this trade all around the world with different people all around the world breaks down all borders, all barriers to entry, and connects everyone together and peer to peer. So, where exchanges normally operate, they have like a clearinghouse that sits in the middle, which like guarantees the good delivery of a trade. Whereas through this system, we can go back to 
basically, you know, bilateral trade and all connect up with one another and understand that 100% the, uh, the trade will be, will be settled. So that's, that's what the, the amazing thing of it is. And, you know, the new technology coming out and the new networks coming out are highly efficient, um, um, highly efficient on speed but also cost as well. So it's, it's really disruptive towards, obviously, the banking system and the incumbent uh, monetary system as well because you no longer have to wait sort of like two days or even up to five days for your, for your money to clear through basically the, the global banking system. Um, here, say, for example, with us, it's two to five seconds um, transaction settlement times and, and um, each of our blockchain networks handles a minimum of 3,000 transactions per second. So... Um, it's highly efficient. It's highly efficient, and, and though uh, what I think makes this blockchain product that you're talking about, uh, the Kinesis Monetary System, different from some is that it's attached, as I understand it, and this is a bit mysterious to me, uh, it's attached to, you know, blockchain we can't see or touch, but it's attached to something that is very tangible, like gold or silver, as I understand it, right? That's correct. So, I mean, we've focused in on being um, secure, efficient, and rewarding, both for every participant's like, individual benefit, but also for the benefit of uh, our network collectively. So, I mean, what, what we've ultimately done is focused in on what makes money successful. I mean, this is really the sort of vision and passion behind it all. I'm a bit of a monetary historian myself. And um, and this was actually really the, the the vision of seeing change in the monetary system, which which drove the the foundation of ABX as well. And what we so I mean, what I see as making money, and no, it's it's not what I see. It's if you look back through history, what the primary principles are that makes money successful is one, it needs to be an efficient medium of exchange. And this is this is really what the blockchain has done. It's done it in a transparent and secure way as well. So everything's transparent. You can see everything going on in the blockchain by logging by logging on in the internet or whatever and you see it all. Um, and so the, the 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 new modern day innovative technology has improved um, the efficiency of the medium of exchange element. We, at Kinesis, we've also integrated into the incumbent banking system as well with our debit cards, with online banking facilities and that sort of thing. But also, um, we've also really focused on uh, the other major element that makes money successful, and that's effective store of value. And the greatest store of value that the world's ever seen is gold uh, and, the mon- and, and silver as well. So throughout the ages, gold's held its value. Um, it's been relatively stable, and um, it's effectively incorruptible. There's no debt attached to it or anything like that. So um, we've just taken gold and silver and basically put it into the blockchain and into uh, monetary units. So it's actually it's what we offer is actually just divisible units of gold and divisible units of silver. And it's physical and sitting in the vaults, and it's utilizing tried and tested um, uh, sec- secure facilities and quality assured facilities um, that ABX offers. So, and there's a third dimensional element which goes beyond any monetary system or 
or platform out there, any kind of currency platform. And that revolves around this incentivize yield system. So we, we have the theory behind it all is this. Well, one, everyone is rewarded for participating in our system in one way or another, whether it be actively or passively. And we understand that we had to defeat a principle called Gresham's Law to be a successful currency. Basically, when presented with choice of using one currency over another currency, then we wanted to incentivize the use of our currency. So, for example, if I have the choice of using US dollars to, to buy my coffee or I have the choice of Kinesis to buy my coffee, then I want the, I want the choice to be Kinesis. So, basically, we put together this um, multifaceted yield system whereby people entering the system are rewarded and then people using the money in the system are rewarded. So we focused in attracting capital in and then basically putting it into motion, so getting people to use it. And that's really where our name comes from, kinesis. Kinesis in Greek means movement. I really like the biological definition of it, which is undirectional movement from stimulus because that really... That really sums us up and also um, contrasts us against the existing monetary and banking system, which is basically, it's very directional, the money movements. It comes out from the central bank, goes through the commercial banks, lent out, and basically you know, goes back in um, the same way that it came. Um, it's very directional now. We, we see ourselves as being a fair and honest system which um, everyone is treated the same ultimately and rewarded according to their own participation within the system. Mm -hmm. uh, Thomas, let me just ask you, you know, I, I just this reminds me a little bit of gold money. I happen to have an account with gold money. Uh, I buy a little bit of gold. I keep it there. And if I want to, I can sell the gold and buy dollars and put it on my prepaid, uh, on, on my debit card. Uh, my debit MasterCard, or, or actually a Visa. Then I take it to the restaurant, and I use it, and I spend my dollars. Uh, my thinking there is, why in the world do I want to load, do I want to sell my gold, especially now when it's so low? Why do I want to sell my gold and buy dollars? Why not spend the dollars that I have in my pocket and not spend gold? But as I understand it, you you are providing an incentive for people to want to Get rid of their fiat currency, buy your um, KVGs, uh, KVTs they're called, I guess, the units of the, that you call your is – that, is that what you call your uh, – No, we, at the ticker codes for our, um, our gold and silverback currencies are KAU and KAG. Right, AU uh, for gold the, the and KVT. AG for silver. Mm -hmm. Correct. Right. right. Yes. And so, the, as I think you were explaining, why if I were owning some KAU or KAG, why I might not want to do what I'm doing with my gold money, a Visa card that is not selling the gold or not using. Do I sell the gold when I use? Do I sell the gold and have to buy a currency when I when I load my debit card under your system? Um, as far as the, the mechanics of our system goes, everything is streamlined and automated. So if you were to utilize our uh, debit card, then you, you could be holding, say, uh, um, you could be holding your, your money in basically 
um, lots of different currencies, should you wish, or you could just be holding it in Kinesis, and it would make sense to be holding it in Kinesis because our yield system should uh, should reward you for doing so um, t to a, a mult like a, 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 with a yield which will be a multiple of any other bank deposit. It should be at least. Um, so, and if you are, and you go to a merchant and you spend, then there'll be actually just a, uh, an automatic conversion done to the native currency of the merchant within the system. Because we basically have set up all the all the the mechanics to be able to do that. We have an, you know an exchange embedded in there in the blockchain, whereby it will automatically basically convert say Kinesis into the native currency. And so, as as you spend, you actually don't have to top up anything. Like so, say 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 if you're you know spending in U.S. dollars, you don't need to transfer money to a U.S. dollar account and then spend. You could hold everything in Kinesis, should you wish, and you just spend and go around the world like a global card, using it in any different currency. Um, as far as yeah, what you were saying, like why would you uh, you know use Kinesis, so you don't want you don't want to spend gold at this point in time. You'd prefer to spend your US dollars, and this goes back to Gresham's War, where money drives out good. If 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 you basically you know make a investment decision to hold gold, or you favour gold um, for its value over uh, US dollars, then effectively, um, why would yeah, why would you want to spend that gold? You value it higher than US dollars. Um, so we, what we've done is tried to defeat that concept by creating this incentivized yield system. So you can hold gold um, in our system, um, but also if if it comes to actually you know paying for a transaction, you're rewarded for it. Whereas you're not rewarded um, for using US dollars once once you spend it, um, it's spent, it's gone. Whereas with us will actually um, provide benefit to actually use our currency. And I'm happy to explain that because it's, a, it's an entirely new concept that actually might take a little, a little bit for people. Yeah, yeah I think, Thomas, um, unfortunately, we don't have time probably to get into the various mechanics of, of your yield, but you have mentor yield, depositor's yield, holder yield, recruiter yield. That's explained on your website. Uh, we we just don't have. I mean, it would get too con too much too much time. I think, but people should check it out um, because this this I think this changes things. And so there would be no need for me to go and and get online and sell my gold and and buy dollars before I load my debit card. I could just take my Kinesis uh, account and use my debit card, and then it would it would uh, it, it would sell the gold and cha change the currencies. I don't have to do that. I don't have to do that step. And then, as I understand it, then there is a reason why I would want to spend my gold in your system, whereas there is no reason uh, in the gold money system. Yeah, that's that, that's correct. So, I mean, under, under the minty yield, the people create their own currency. So you swap your money in, and then you create your own currency, and then once you send, spend, or sell it, then you actually start to receive a yield. So first you have to use it to actually get a yield, and the yield's very attractive. Basically, it's a sharing of the transaction fees. That's how our yield works. So it's non-debt-based. It's a complete sharing of the transaction fees. Yeah. A couple more questions uh, with the time we have left yet. Uh, it's my understanding that your gold or silver, your KAU or your KAG, uh, would be allocated. It's stored somewhere 
and it stored, I think you mentioned, seven or nine different vaults uh, at different countries, different locations around the world uh, where the allocated bullion exchange stores this gold. Is that right? That's correct, yes. And so... Uh, so it is allocated. That is Jay Taylor's gold. It's there, sitting there for me somewhere. It's it's hundred uh, percent allocated. So we will have uh, a, a, basically a transactional currency for gold and silver. Now the way that that works is it's allocated title to like the end user, the ultimate beneficial owner. Um, but it's in divisible units. So, but what what it is? It's allocated physical gold and allocated physical silver, basically, but put in, like, currency uh, uh, divisibility to effectively monetize it. Um, we also have wholesale contracts in there, as we call them, which are allocated and segregated. So this is where you actually buy, like, whole bars of for gold. It's like a 100-gram bar or a kilo bar. And you actually got the serial numbers and everything and the, the hallmark, the brand. So, yeah, it's it's all allocated 100%. Yeah, that's a very important aspect. Just uh, So just give me an idea. Let's say I go to a restaurant and uh, I spend my debit card um, and I use, let's say I spend, you know, I have a party and I spend $500 for a few of my friends and we have a, go to a very nice restaurant in New York and we spend 500 bucks. What might I get back in terms of a yield on on that? And is the yield paid in gold or silver? It's uh, it's It's paid according to the currency that... You use so say if if you're um, holding it in silver, then you'll get paid in silver. If you're holding it in gold, you'll get paid in gold. And so if once um, before you spend your money, you will be receiving the holder's yield, which acts just like a bank deposit. But after you receive it, and if you minted that currency, um, then uh, you will receive basically. Um, a sharing of the transaction fees. So the way that it works is, if you spend 500, then that is calculated at a proportional rate to all other money spent in the system, and then you get uh, a portion of the fees back. The thing is, um, so it's it's all based on velocity. And say, for example, I mean, currency is the is the most liquid asset in all of the world. Like. It's ultimately money, and money's moving constantly. You'll give $20 to someone, they'll give it to someone else, and it might even change hand 10 times in a day. For US dollars, the daily velocity rate of the, of the, of the monetary supply is 38%. And, um, yeah, you wouldn't know it, but 38% of, the, of all money out there is changing hands every single day. So we've taken a much more conservative figure, and then built out yields around that. And uh, say, for example, for the holder, um, based on like a, I think it's a, a 30% velocity rate, which, um, uh, you know, it's entirely possible for us to get to because we're incentivizing velocity. Um, they'll receive like, a, I think it's about a 9.5% yield per year. But for an active minter who is, um, and it, it's, it, it's something that you can do, you can, create the currency, basically just buy gold, it gets emitted into the blockchain, decentralized system, and then sell it, and then revolve your capital, should you wish, and you build up a larger and larger share of the transaction fees out there um, to, the, to basically benefit from. And what that means, it, what it is, you gain a yield forever. So um, that money that you spent, 
that sits in the system as and and the system understands that you spent that and you'll rec- you'll receive a, a sharing of the transaction fees in the entire system forever as it, as it continues to turn over thomas as as it continues to yeah, the velocity okay just really limited amount of time left here yet um i need to ask you uh tax implications so for example in the united states if i buy gold and use it to to buy you know and the, and the value of the gold goes up i have to pay uncle sam uh, a, a portion of that gain that I made. That's just the law, the way it is. So what about account of, accountability of, of gains and losses in this system? Is it something the system provides, or is it something incumbent on me as a user of the system to keep track of? Okay, so, yeah, I mean, we're, we're not responsible for your um, tax obligation. So. Or, for, or for, accounting of, for accounting of gains or losses, right? No, of course, and that—that's not our responsibility. That's really your responsibility, and and um, yeah, that's and we're not tax advisors either. But um, yeah, I mean, the system will provide all all necessary information for you to uphold any of your you know tax responsibilities, um, to be able to you know calculate all of that. And um, yeah, I mean, with regards to um, um, our solution and and you know it being a a monetary system. Then that's that's something that you, I guess, your users need to take um, tax advice on from their accountant. Okay, um, so with just about a minute left here, uh, maybe summing up, um, does that, do you need a maximum? Is there a certain amount of money you need? What do you need to really to get started at all, and and maybe put your big toe in the water to check out the system and see if it's something you want to add more to over time. Certainly. So, I mean, we just opened our public sale for the Kinesis Velocity tokens, and this is really the the, the capital raising um, um, token which allows people to get invested in the success of our system for the future, and and feel to be part of the system. And we've now raised um, over fifty five million dollars worth, and that's the first that's that's the first logical step. And then in November. We open um, investment up to you know gold and silver currencies and actually participation in the system. But uh, if if you like what you hear, then um, you know um, join us on our website, have a look, do your own research, and um, yeah, please feel free to participate in our Kinesis Velocity token. It's uh, really a very interesting concept. Uh, I think you know these things take time for people to become comfortable with. Um, maybe one last word. How can you assure people that you know there's been a lot of frauds and things that have gone wrong in the past? How can you assure people? Take take a minute if you need to to tell our listeners why they should feel safe uh, in uh, in participating. Sure. Well, I mean the the first thing that um, um, I think that should bring comfort and confidence in our system to to your listeners is the fact that. Um, it's the team at ABX, uh, a company founded in 2011 with an unblemished track record, um, has, have built out and we're utilising the ABX system ultimately for the storage of the metals um, and, and, and um, well, the end trade of the metals as well as they're basically the physical handling of them. And um, they're, sc- they're stored in secure vaults all around the world um, which are operated by um, basically the 
the most reputable third-party vaulting providers. There's a quality assurance framework which requires, you know, multiple layers of audit and verification. And and ultimately, the trade that goes through Kinesis, it operates on the blockchain, a highly transparent and secure system, whereby you 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 know um, basically um, what you think you're getting, you are getting, and um, and that's really the way that it works, and that's the powerful thing with the blockchain. We'll have to leave it go at that, Thomas. Thank you so much for taking your time to explain this to us. Really interesting concept. I know it was first introduced to us by your colleague, Andrew McGuire, and uh, I wish you all the best on this, and I certainly want to check it out and, and learn more about it, and perhaps we can have an update sometime in the future. Thank you so much for being with us today. Folks, that is all the time we have for this week, but next week uh, I expect to have Alistair McLeod uh, with us again, uh, Nav Dalywell of Bonterra Resources, and hopefully Michael Oliver as well. Until then, goodbye and God's blessings to you. Thank you again for listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Often referred to as one of the best teams in junior gold exploration, having discovered a 5 million ounce gold mine and sold a second company amidst discovery, the management behind Orin Resources now has a world-class exploration portfolio within Canada and Peru. Projects that give the company one of the largest direct pipelines for major discoveries globally, with one of the deepest technical teams to explore them. Entering into its third year of aggressive pursuit, Orin is expecting results from two of their major projects throughout the rest of this year. For the latest, head to orinresources.com and subscribe.